Locked On Dolphins, hosted by Travis Wingfield. Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass. What's up, Dolphins? And welcome into the Monday, January the 28th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield. And as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, we are talking about quarterbacks. The offseason QB market is always an intriguing one, and Miami are one of six teams in desperate, desperate need to find the next guy. We'll divulge the free agent market, the draft class, and match each player with a new team, plus a Senior Bowl recap and my first of many, many Dolphins-only mock drafts. We'll pick four new players for the Aqua and Orange today. But first, before any of that, I kindly invite each and every one of you to please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. This is a five-star rated podcast with almost 300 reviews on Apple Podcasts. So thank you all so much for doing that. It means the world to me. Also means the world to me. Follow me on Twitter at WingfulNFL. Follow the show at LockedOnFins. And check out LockedOnDolphins.com. We have this quarterback piece up there right now in the featured window as well as a pair of free agent prospect articles from our own Andrew Mitchell up on LockedOnDolphins.com right now. And last but not least, the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts like the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast and the Draft Dudes Podcast for all your off-season NFL draft needs. Let's get this thing cranking. That's another Miami Dolphins. So we're talking all things quarterbacks on the podcast today for Monday, January the 28th. But first, let's go ahead and start with the Senior Bowl that was played on Saturday at Lad People Stadium in Mobile, Alabama. And these notes, they're not going to be as comprehensive as the practice notes were because, frankly... I just don't think that very much is taken away from the game itself. You get so much more from the practices. And after all, Daniel Jones, after a terrible week of practice, was awarded the MVP for rolling out and hitting half field reads all game long on Saturday. But the quarterbacks were extremely underwhelming throughout the course of the entire week. I thought Drew Locke was far and away the best out there. From Tuesday through Saturday, I still want no part of Daniel Jones or Will Greer, and the rest were really never in a position to make a serious push, in my opinion. Tyree Jackson, you know, the most interesting part about Jackson this week was Daniel Jeremiah on the broadcast talking about how Jackson didn't really have the proper coaching at a young age, so he watched YouTube videos to try to learn how to throw a football, and that is very apparent in the herky-jerky motion that he has in his wind-up and release. My boy Gardner Minshew had an awful day, one for eight for four yards. Ugh. Trace McSorley is, well, he's Trace McSorley. And then Jarrett Stidham, I think, might be the most intriguing of the entire group outside of Drew Locke because... You just don't know what you have with this guy. Our staff writer at Locked On Dolphins, Gabe Harai, if you guys haven't checked his workout, please do so. He has a bit of an affinity for Jared Stidham, and he always brings him up in our group chats, and I love him for it. And I respect Gabe's opinion a lot, so I wanted to put more time into seeing his tape. And I could see him being a better pro than a college quarterback than he was at Auburn under Gus Malzahn. And as for the rest of the game, it was all about the trenches on the offensive line and defensive line. Boston College's Chris Lindstrom... He went wire to wire for me. 
He was in my Senior Bowl preview piece up on LockedOnDolphins.com. He made the Senior Bowl notes throughout the week and then played fantastic in the game. He looks like a polished guard that will be signed, sealed, and delivered as an instant starter come draft day to whoever drafts him on that draft day. And also on the offensive line, Dalton Reisner out of Kansas State. Dude has a real mean streak, and he concluded a great week with a great game. He can play anywhere on the offensive line, frankly. On the defensive line, Charles Amenhu from Texas. He was a wrecker of worlds. I butcher the name once again, and I'm going to continue to do that until I get it drilled into my head, so I apologize for that. Charles and Texas natives all alike. I think he has to be well within the Dolphins' crosshairs come draft day because of his build, his length, his athleticism, and the production's there too. Also on the interior defensive line, Dalen Mack, my guy went wire to wire as well from Texas A&M. He was pushing guys backwards in the game all day long, just as he was all week in practice. And then in the backfield, defensive backfield, I should say, I really liked Lonnie Johnson's physicality and competitiveness. He's the corner from Kentucky and he is a big, big body player, about 205 pounds. I think it was, it goes 6-1. He would be a nice compliment to Xavier Howard on the opposite side if the Dolphins want to play a lot more press man coverage on their defense. Now, a player that I didn't give any pub to all week long that deserves it, he never got a mention, Hunter Renfro. He was sterling all week long. The dude is just a player and he's going to play in the NFL and I would be surprised if he didn't play well at that point. But it was a fun week covering the practices with all of you guys. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you. I love, love, love this time of year. It always provides a substantial amount of notes for me in my scouting notebook every single year. But let's go ahead and shift gears here and introduce our next topic before the break. Up now on LockedOnDolphins.com, the title, Miami's Position in the 2019 Quarterback Market, written by yours truly. And my idea with that column was to try and assign each of these quote-unquote in-limbo quarterbacks, guys that don't know where they're going to be next year, with a new team for 2019. And whether that was the rookies, the free agents, or guys we know will be cut like Nick Foles and Joe Flacco, I wanted to put those guys into specific spots. I went into contract details of those guys, looked at last year's quarterback market, and assigned everyone a new team based on relationships, money, need, all that fun stuff. So check that out if you have not done so yet. And here on the other side, we'll get into the teeth of that column and tell you where I think things shake out for the Dolphins and everybody else. And also, I reserve the right to change my mind from now until April. We'll do all that next here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast at Wingful NFL at Locked On Fins. There's one football game left on the calendar until late August for all of us, unless you're into the AAF or the CFL or whatever the hell other league they want to try to shove down our throats and act like it's anywhere near the level of the product as college football or the NFL. I'm not buying it. I didn't watch the Pro Bowl for more than one play. I watched it for a freaking play and I watched Miles Garrett come off the edge maybe 25% speed, lean into the into the offensive line, the left tackle, and then just stop his rush. Like, why why are we watching that? Why are we why are we even producing this game? I don't understand it. I think it's just trying to to really feast on people's emotions as far as not having football for a long time after Super Bowl Sunday, and we're almost to that really really depressing time of year, but luckily for Dolphins fans, this is the time of year that we all thrive in, looking forward to the offseason, thinking about new changes on the football team and how they can finally break this 17-year stretch of no playoff victories for our beloved Dolphins. And it all starts, of course, at the quarterback position. And that's why we start on this second segment with the big meaty part of the episode, talking about the quarterbacks 
that Miami is going to be connected to or attached to or rumored to, whatever you want to call it, the Dolphins will be on the quarterback market this offseason. And that's why I explored it up on LockedOnDolphins.com, titled Miami's Position in the 2019 Quarterback Market. And it starts off here, and I think we have to at least pay some little bit of respect to Ryan Tannehill because he was the quarterback here for seven years, sans the 2017 season that he missed with that knee injury. And while he was never an elite top-level quarterback, not a top-10 quarterback even by that metric, he did provide stabilization to a position that was an utter, utter disaster prior to his arrival. So Ryan Tannehill, pour one out for that. But I think it's pretty safe to say that he is gone this coming offseason and the Dolphins will have to search on this market of tradable, free agent, draftable quarterbacks that really right now doesn't look great. We all know that Nick Foles in all likelihood sits atop the recruiting trail, so to speak. And really, he's the only one that offers... I suppose, franchise potential level quarterbacking down the line for you if you want to make that move in the offseason. I listed these quarterbacks by the free agents, by the potential secondary quarterback market, and then draft eligible quarterbacks. Let's go ahead and start with the 2019 free agent market. And I only found three guys worthy of putting on this list. I could have put Matt Schaub and Josh McCown, but really, would you have cared? I mean, these guys that I have on here, you probably don't even care about them. And the first one is a guy that you probably should care about. He came from New Orleans, or he will be coming from New Orleans. He made six million bucks last year. I have him as a starter slash bridge quarterback for 2019. And of course, his name is Teddy Bridgewater. He's topped that list. Tyrod Taylor also in there made 15 million bucks last year. I think he's at best a backup slash bridge quarterback, a guy that will do what he did in Cleveland, play three or four games and then hand the keys over to a rookie. And then Ryan Fitzpatrick is on there too. He's a cheap backup option. I have him on there as only a backup. No one is confusing Ryan Fitzpatrick as a future level player in this league. And then there's the potential secondary quarterback market. Guys that could be cut, guys that could be traded. We know Nick Foles and Joe Flacco are going to be cut. I also put Andy Dalton and Ryan Tannehill on that list. I think it's pretty safe to say three of those four will go. Andy Dalton with the Bengals, you never know. So we'll see what happens with him. And then the draft eligible quarterbacks, rounds one through three. I don't personally believe all these guys are in that range, but just gauging with the rest of the league and scouts and amateur scouts on Twitter believe. I put all these guys up there. Dwayne Haskins, Drew Locke, Kyler Murray, Daniel Jones, Will Greer, Jarrett Stidham, and Brett Ripien. So those are the names you guys are looking at for the Dolphins quarterback position this coming season. We're going to find out whether or not the Dolphins were truthful and genuine in their attempt to be a tear it down, rebuild type of team that they have projected themselves to be this coming offseason. And while initially I didn't really think the Dolphins would be completely beholden to that first statement made by Steven Ross and Chris Greer about taking their time with this rebuild and finding out really the best way to approach it and not be so aggressive and signing older aging free agents, which I still don't think necessarily that's entirely their MO this offseason. I think it's a possibility or a potential direction they could take this offseason. But you look at this list and that's kind of what brings you back to that idea or probably why they made that announcement or that press conference saying as much because that list is so starved. And you go back to last year, I have 11 names that were sought after free agents or draftable players or traded players at the quarterback market. And this year is different because only really six teams, in my opinion, are in that heavy, heavy market where they have to pursue a quarterback this offseason. And the Dolphins might be the top one because without Ryan Tannehill, the next guy on the roster is Luke Falk. So they need one just to 
to play a game on Sundays. And then you have the Giants, who I guess they could roll back with Eli Manning's corpse if they want to do that once more and waste another season. The Bengals, like I said, Andy Dalton, who knows? The Denver Broncos, for sure. The Jacksonville Jaguars, for sure. And the Washington Redskins, after Alex Smith's potentially career-ending injury. But you go back to this list of 11 players, Baker Mayfield, Alex Smith, Kirk Cousins, Teddy Bridgewater, A.J. McCarron, Case Keenum, Sam Bradford, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, and Josh Rosen. Uh, Nine of those 11 players were either opening day starters that were supposed to be the starter for the year or guys that were brought onto the field after that starter didn't work out and were entrusted to the future of the organization at the quarterback spot. So plenty of moving and shaking. It's going to be much smaller than that this year. And that's why if there's a couple names on this list that you like, the Dolphins could be in a favorable position in that way because they're ahead of the Bengals, for instance. They're ahead of the Redskins in the drafting order. If a couple of the teams ahead of Miami sign a quarterback, like I have Nick Foles going to the Jacksonville Jaguars, then all of a sudden the Dolphins could be one of the, the highest drafting teams that is sincerely interested in a quarterback. And even though they may have to trade up for that quarterback, the cost could be not that bad from a Dolphins perspective, just because really they're not going to be competing against other teams, leveraging that offer and making it higher and higher for the team. The Dolphins want to trade up with now, will they do it? I don't know. I just, I can't put a finger on whether or not they would do it. If there's a quarterback, they would like enough to do it because you have to decide were they being sincere on that press conference or were they not? And let's go ahead and jump into these assignments as far as which quarterbacks wind up with which teams. I talked about it in the open. Jacksonville for me is a a very obvious destination for Nick Foles. I think the one thing that everyone will point to is that quarterbacks coach in Philadelphia back in 2017 for Nick Foles was John DeFilippo and the Jaguars have just hired him. But even more so, the Jaguars with Tom Coughlin, Doug Marone, they were all in on Blake Bortles in 2018 with a roster that everybody knew was a championship contending roster. And they entrusted that roster to Blake Bortles, like the worst decision made in the entire NFL last season, but also because they want to be a power running team and they want to win right now with that defense. They don't have, they don't have the time to sit around and wait for a quarterback to develop. So Nick Foles goes to Jacksonville. I have the Denver Broncos taking Drew Locke by staying put in that 10th spot of the draft. I think Elway will love the character traits, the physical traits of Drew Locke. I just think there's a lot of smoke out there about Drew Locke to the Broncos. And I'm going to go ahead and take the bait and put him there. The New York Giants was the toughest one for me to figure out because just like the Tom Coughlin, Doug Marone in Jacksonville, Dave Gettleman in New York is old school and antiquated in his thinking, and they seem more than content to go back with Eli Manning. It was even a topic of contention last December or this last, like last month, that he could be back this year, and reporters were talking about it time and time again. And I think there's smoke to that fire, and Gettleman wants to draft his stupid hog mollies that he loves so much. Like, if they want to waste years and years of their franchise trying to build up the rest of the team while the quarterback is awful, go for it. But with all that said, I did give them Dwayne Haskins because I think the draft will start off very defense heavy at the top five. And then New York sitting there at pick number six with Dwayne Haskins on the board, they would have to make that pick. They just have to. So I gave them Dwayne Haskins at six if he's there. The Washington Redskins, this comes off the idea that the Bengals would cut Andy Dalton. And like I said, who knows what the Bengals will do. But if they do cut Dalton, Jay Gruden used to coach him in Cincinnati. It's an easy pairing there between Gruden and Dalton. Sign him to the Redskins. But the big splash move I made for the Redskins here 
was that they trade up and they go get Kyler Murray because that fan base is so starved for anything exciting, for any type of winning organization, or just someone to get them back in the good graces of the national spotlight because, frankly, Dan Snyder has ruined that organization and what it is, and they need something to make a big shift, a big seismic shift, so I'm giving them Kyler Murray. I think Jay Gruden can coach him up, but have him learn under Andy Dalton while he does that. Then the Bengals... Because of Ryan Tannehill getting cut from Miami and because the Bengals themselves cutting Andy Dalton for really what amounts to almost nothing in penalty, I'm going to have Mike Brown sign Ryan Tannehill up to repair him with Zach Taylor and just doing an ultimate lateral move there. Tannehill's better than Dalton, but not by much. So almost a lateral move makes total sense for an organization that consistently makes poor decisions. And then that brings us to our Miami Dolphins. I didn't give us Daniel Jones. I didn't give us Will Greer. I didn't give us Brett Ripien. Although I think some of those guys could be possibilities later on in the draft. If the Dolphins can't get a guy that they love, and if that guy is Dwayne Haskins or Kyler Murray, I imagine those would be the only two that would be high on the radar. Then I'm going to have them just standing pat and staying true to their message and their theme rebuild and wait for 2020's quarterback class and just commit to it. And because of that, I have them signing Teddy Bridgewater to a free agent contract. I know that might be or might lead to too many wins, but they have to have someone play quarterback. It can't be Luke Falk. It can't be David Fales. Get those ideas out of your head. It's not going to happen. The Dolphins will find a competitive player on the open market, and I'm going to guess that it's Teddy Bridgewater. So check the column out on LockdownDolphins.com. I have plenty of content in there that I did not cover on the podcast, including dollar figures and all that fun stuff. So LOD.com, check that out. And we're going to come right back here on the podcast and talk about where some of the other experts have quarterbacks going in the draft, as well as our first Miami Dolphins mock draft of 2019. We'll get to that next here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL at Locked On Fins. Where are everybody else putting these quarterbacks and assigning them? It's very, very early in the process. It's January. You guys know that it's January, but nonetheless, we have content to talk about because the NFL never sleeps. Football never sleeps. It's a year-round thing. That's why you guys are listening to me on a Locked On Dolphins podcast in the end of January when Miami's 2018 season was pretty much irrelevant. So here we are. Let's go ahead and go to a couple of trusted sources. You guys might trust this guy. You might not. I don't know. He's pretty abrasive on Twitter. But Ben Albright has a really good track record as far as picking or giving us inside information or inside news regarding how these teams are thinking and what they're going to do come free agency or draft day, whatever it might be. He's a good inside source. And he has this talking about from what he's heard around the league. This is how he believes people think about the certain quarterbacks. And he didn't put Kyler Murray on here. It was just the senior bowl quarterbacks only. So that's what we're going off of here. The eight quarterbacks down in Mobile. Ben says that Drew Locke was thought to be a top 10 pick come April. So kind of confirming what I've heard. Or he's, he's kind of the guy that I get that from, that I glean that from. He works in Denver. So I think that he has some good notes and some good insight there. Daniel Jones, he has top 50. So that means the top of round two, probably. I really hope that's not what Miami does. I just, I don't see it there. You guys have heard me talk about it on the podcast for a while now. I just don't see it. But Daniel Jones from Duke, top 50. And then the rest is all ugly. Will Greer, mid-day two, early day three. That sounds about in line with where I would have him. Tyree Jackson, a day three slash priority undrafted free agent. The same deal for Trace McSorley, who to me doesn't even have a day three tag on him unless he wants to switch positions. 
Jarrett Stidham, day three also. I don't know that I agree with that one so much. We'll see what happens come draft day. Gardner Minshew, a day three slash undrafted free agent. Yeah, that's probably true there as well. And then Ryan Finley, day three, and no UDFA distinction on the backside of that, even though to me he was awful. He's, he's just not, he's not an NFL quarterback. Let's put it that way. And then you have the draft network, guys. Benjamin Solak has Miami taking Kyler Murray at 13. I really hope so. But those guys are somewhat split on their evaluations of Murray himself. But all of them mostly agree that Daniel Jones is being overrated. They don't like Locke as much as what Albright's people have said or told him. And if you guys are looking for a draft podcast the next couple of months, of course, Locked on Dolphins will have you covered with all things Dolphins. But we also have two general NFL draft podcasts here on the Locked On Podcast Network. They are the Draft Dudes and the Locked On NFL Draft. So check those guys out if you have not done so already. And all right, let's do this for the first time this year. It's going to be the first of many. And if you guys recall last year, I was a part of the Draft Tech team. That will not be the case this year. Some payments went unpaid, so some things happened that I didn't necessarily love. So that won't happen, but we'll still have you covered. All things draft here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. And with that, let's go ahead and get into this first official mock draft for the Miami Dolphins. And up first on the board, and I know this is pretty conflicting compared to what I have said on this very podcast, talking about the Dolphins' possibility of drafting a player like Kyler Murray. But that's where I'm going with that first pick, number 13 overall. I had the Redskins trading up to take him over the Dolphins in my quarterback primer piece, but the Dolphins at 13, and I hope they trade up if they have to, but quarterback Kyler Murray out of Oklahoma, the first round pick, changes everything for Miami at the quarterback position. Number two, 48 overall, center Garrett Bradbury from North Carolina State. He comes in, operates in the zone blocking scheme as well as anybody. He's smart, he's a leader. He gives the Dolphins stabilization up the middle on your offense, something they have not had in a long, long time with Mike Pouncey's absence and injuries and all that fun stuff we dealt with with him. In the third round, pick 79, defensive end Chase Winovich out of Michigan. He has the build and the makeup to play in this scheme. He's a try-hard player, a high motor, a very intelligent, smart caliber football player. The Dolphins get the Michigan Wolverine product in the third round. And in the fourth round pick, I have it at number 110, but that will change once comp picks are handed out probably be more closer to 114, 115 in that range. Defensive tackle out of Arizona State, Rennell Wren. He was dominant at the Senior Bowl all week long. He was getting penetration on pass rush in the running game. He looked great. So the Dolphins in this draft fortify the quarterback, the center, defensive end, and defensive tackle position. Like I said, tons and tons of this will change as time goes on, but my theme here was to get stronger up the middle. I think I did that. And despite the conflicting nature of this mock draft and my column up on LockedOnDolphins.com, this is what I would do if I had the opportunity right now. And like I said, this will certainly change as the months go along as we draw closer and closer to April. But if there can be 14 million websites out there and podcasts out there dedicated solely to the draft, I can do a four-round Dolphins mock draft exclusive to the Dolphins in January, and I will goddamn do it whenever I please. And I make this team stronger at quarterback and on the offensive and defensive lines. And speaking of that, real quick before we sign off here, the Indianapolis Colts did fire their offensive line coach a few weeks ago after the season ended. 
His name is Dave DeGamo. I think is how you pronounce it. His nickname is Gooch around the NFL circles, but he was fired from Indianapolis and he spent 2017 after Chris Furster was doing his thing in Miami as a consultant of sorts. And you guys will recall if you're a longtime listener of the show, when I had Joe Shad on the podcast back in December of uh, 2017, I believe it was. And he talked about how the Dolphins kind of had to redo everything on the offensive line once Gooch got there because his teaching technique was far different than what Chris Furster was doing, doing lines, coaching lines, all that fun stuff that has to do with lines for Chris Furster. I thought Miami's offensive line played better down that stretch. Jesse Davis got much better production out of him down that stretch. So I think that would be worth exploring. And there's a connection there. He's been in the building. He's been in the in the process before. So maybe we can get Gooch to come back and round out Brian Flores' coaching staff, which we're going to have more on Brian Flores' coaching staff from Mark Schofield of Locked On Patriots. You guys can catch that show on Wednesday. Going to be tons and tons and tons of great nuggets in there about Senior Bowl, about the draft, about the Patriots coaches coming this way, and of course, the quarterback class coming up for Miami. But as for this podcast, that is going to be my time today, guys. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. And if you have a smart speaker, tell it to play Locked On Dolphins podcast. Also, rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins. And keep up to date on our Daily Dolphins blog over at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your Monday. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.